What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Melodic, and you're listening to STP Radio. Nothing you hear on this show is financial advice. What's going on, Flourish? What's going on, IV? We got Darius, we got Lewis, we got the, the usual suspects. You love to see it. Getting everything geared up here, baby. Flourish, what's going on, bro? Not much, bro. I'm drafting up a tweet. I'm getting a newsletter ready for Friday. I'm about to start doing that, so I'm just kind of vibing out right now. Uh, have you any uh, subscribers yet, or are you just getting started on that? Oh, no, yeah. I, I have my uh, review up, so I don't know if you know this, but like review shutting down, so I've had so many people hit me up, and they're like, dude, how do you still have that thing on your Twitter profile where it shows your newsletter? And it's literally just because they're shutting down, and I got in like right before they shut down. So I'm at like I'm dude, I'm nearing like 80 subs on a newsletter, which is actually like a pretty solid amount. So I'm very grateful to everybody who's who's subbed. That's pretty cool. Well, that's extremely good. That's very, very, very good. I use Substack, so I had review, but I ended up switching over. Um, but one thing I could recommend everyone to do is if you go to the little thought bubble down in the corner, just say let's go or GM or something that really helps. And if you can retweet the space, that will help bring an audience in and we can uh, hopefully help some people. So you, you, you love to see that. Course, people will trickle in as we go. You know, the, the, the most famous stories when Flourish and I talked to each other for 20 minutes with no one in the audience, and then all of a sudden it blew up. So that's definitely possible. Which one, of, which one of you came first? What's up, you savages? The Flourish or the Chris? Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I saw your TikTok, man. I love the red beard, Captain Redbeard. I love it. Oh, shit. I've been spotted in 4K. That's right, <laughs> motherfucker. What's okay. going on? How- I've been playing around with fucking. I finally, the, the first time I tried to get into a uh, chat GPT, I, I, I said that they were like had it closed until, you know, I guess the servers cl- caught up. So I couldn't really sign up. But today I just checked again and I was able to get in and I just been playing around with it. And it's just so fucking, it's so amazing, man. It's like mind blowing. I put out a tweet that I, w- I just basically said, hold on, let me find the fucking tweet. So, uh, you know, I can barely speak as it is. I don't want to fuck up my own words. But yeah, I said, uh, Okay, I've been red-pilled on ChatGPT. The real Web3 will come because of this technology with actual utility, not the grifter's paradise casino of NFT land. Th- that's how I feel. I feel like like it's technologies like this that have actual use, man. I, I feel like if there's going to be a, a, an actual Web3, it'll <laughs> come from, from this kind of shit. It's so fucking cool. Is that Flourish? Yeah, I wanted to say to Flea real quick. Um, this blew my mind yesterday. So in the 1% server... NFT God bought this like $150 course for chat GPT. And the fact that you can get so specific with it, I want to find what he sent, but he basically outlined how many characters are in a tweet and how to break down a thread in like pure detail. And it gave it to chat GPT and it wrote a thread with like the right amount of characters in the right topic. Like it's crazy, dude. I'll send you the prompt, but it's like the craziest thing I've ever seen. Did NFT, he got a uh, pirate that shit for everybody in the server or no i'm pretty sure he just pirated it for everybody yeah all right see now that's worth it that, that i'm in what's Dude, it, like five a month for a that? month five a month for that yeah you, yeah you already got your money back for the year you made a profit actually that's why i'm in there bro that's why i'm in there yeah, dude, that's crazy, actually. Like, the AI talk has been wild. You know, what's good, boys? Just, you know, before I chime in in this conversation, but what's good? The prompting, man. Like, people are, like, getting crazy with that. Because, like, prompting is going to become a huge, like, valuable skill coming up. And so the ones that can really prompt the, an AI to do what it needs to do, uh, you, you're, you're going to be valuable. High demand. It's funny how quickly the conversation went from content creation, we we'll always need a human behind it, like, no worries, there's that human touch, to holy fuck, 
we don't need humans. We're we're disposable. <clears throat> no, you'll still you'll still need humans because you got to edit a lot of you know the stuff that it puts out. It's it's really good for like first drafts, but you, you I'd be hard pressed to just publish shit that you get from that thinking it's gonna. No, like, I, no the, I totally agree. Did you, did you see the prompt I got before, like the NFT space and uh, the word it used toward the end? I've never seen that word in my life. That's not good writing. Using fucking these these German words. I don't know. Now, I will say the database is offline at this point, though, and what this looks like in five years will be nothing like we're seeing now. So I'm very curious to see where this path goes, but hopefully we can all use it to our advantage. and Maybe it will just um, make us money on our newsletters. I'm just kidding. That's not why we write them. Flourish, Ivy, Flea, like, you know, the, the topic, overarching topic was, you know, different topics to grow in Web3 and NFTs. Any thoughts on things you're doing now or different topics you wanted to bring up? I'll, you know, I'll, I'll chime in right here uh, really quick. Right now, you know, with the start of the new year, everyone's getting ready to start new things on their account, which is awesome. Like you should, now you shouldn't be scared to try new things. And um, I loved it because I was like thinking about that already when I saw Flourish's tweet talking about how fear literally guides people into doing things that like, it's not even really what they want to do. They just like, it's crazy. So yeah, like I've just been saying, uh, don't be, don't be scared. Try new things, you know, try out a newsletter, try out a, a podcast. Like that's like my main thing right now is definitely like trying and finding the groove. So I recommend everyone else doing the same thing. I want to chime in here too and like hop on that, that try things out uh, bandwagon there. Because when I started, I was putting out, uh, I, I guess it was like NFT God type tweets um, I bounced around with like, I don't think I tried memes for too long, but I know I tried like short form content and stuff. And, uh, short form is absolutely like NFT. God says all the time is going to be the future. And I believe that, which is why I want to leverage it for the podcast. But, um, I didn't do visuals up until maybe a month or two ago. And then it got really good feedback. Uh, so trying things out and also, um, I think just, like the content I put out, I said this in the past too, it allows me to grow outside of Web3, which is also why I think NFT God is as big as he is. Um, he finds obviously the crossover between uh, three things. So again, like if somebody stumbled upon my page and it was all like Web3 NFT advice, they don't care. But like because I'm putting out this like advice that applies to everybody, I think if it somehow goes viral, it has that that ability to go viral because it's it's advice that goes outside of web3 i just so happen to be putting it to a web3 audience if that makes sense now that's key that's a key point because the total addressable market in nfts is pretty small and especially when you nuance that down on not flipping like the biggest market in nfts is making people money that's the number one way to get attention if you can do that you'll garner a lot of attention and then the next way is through niche subjects. So the total addressable market for what we're doing is very, very small, but I think it's a valuable one and it definitely helps to find the intersection. I would say I, I fall in the same boat, but I would also say that I haven't actually resonated with anyone outside of crypto Twitter because I don't think the algorithm necessarily shows any of the stuff to any other people. But like you said, it went viral. That would be the opportunity for someone to see it. And we do have a uh, request from our boy Saber looking a cup on stage might have something to add going on. Sorry, were you talking to me? Or I talked? Yeah, yeah, what's up? Uh, no, no, just just finished work. 
So I saw the space running and saw some very knowledgeable people speaking. So just came up. So Flourish was saying exactly the thing that I tell a lot of people that uh, by just reading the term niche quite a lot of times, people narrow down their uh, actual audience or the amount of people they attract just by talking about only one thing. Web3 in itself, I think, is a niche and narrowing it down further to maybe just education or just shit posting is going to hamper you. Like, I see a lot of people not GMing. I thought of doing the same. I tried it for two days, but then I thought, no, I want to remain the part of a culture. I don't want to go this exclusive. So I started doing it again and it didn't work out for me. So I tell a lot of people when anyone asks me that uh, narrowing down to a niche right now, especially when you're not as big as maybe 30K, 40K, is probably not the right thing to do because you won't be able to grow quickly at all. And once you don't go grow quickly, no matter how much every one of us says that we will stay consistent irrespective of it, but recognition is important to stay consistent over the long time. So I want to chime in real quick and I see IV has something to say too. And I, it's funny because I, I agree with you, but at the same time, I would want to push back as well because... Like, I think it's just really, it's personal. Like, it's really personal. I gained most of my followers from um, a, the alpha world when I was doing that side of things. That's when I was making people money. And I've been, I've been, my engagement has not improved in months. My followers have actually dropped significantly. So I've seen nothing but negative effects, but I'm happier. I really enjoy creating this content. I'm, and I feel like I'm progressing. Like, I'm, I'm working on myself. I'm, I'm, uh, my skills are improving. So for me, it like my North Star is self-improvement. That's really what it is. And I honestly, to God, I really like, I care. I do like, I do look at the metrics because I now understand that it matters, but I really don't care. Like, I, I, I really mean that when I say it, like I will not do things to get extra likes. I won't. Like that is not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to build up a skill set that I can be a great spaces host because that is a valuable thing just period that's if i can become a great spaces host that people want to listen to or a podcast host there's value there regardless of how many likes i get and that is my mindset and basically i'm just trying to share the things that worked for me and if someone else resonates with it that's great and i really would like to believe that over time by being disciplined and consistent that if what i i'm saying is genuine and true that i will get the, the market will put me at a proper value whatever that may be so although you're right like it just, I think it's a self-awareness game of like what is really driving you. And if what is driving you is how many likes you get, then you're right. You will not be consistent and you won't stay disciplined. So that, that is just kind of like my take on it. And I wouldn't say you're right or wrong. I would just say it's very personal. Just one thing I wanted to add, Chris. No, I have never cared about likes, to be fair. I have been doing it even when I was getting 20 likes on my tweets. I'm just saying in general that people expect a lot. And they go into tweets and everything with the intention of extracting rather than adding. So if you go in and try to just add value, even in the DMs you make or the tweets you make, you will eventually attract value as well. So I think that is why a lot of people get burnt out because they expect likes and they don't get it over time. And they're like, no, this is not worth it. If, As you said, exactly, if you're focusing on upskilling or up-leveling yourself, these things will come. No, I think yeah. you're totally right. Sorry, there's one last question. Sorry, Ivy, bro. Like you and I are so bad together because we both are talking. But like one last real quick thing is like Ivy, like I see people actively every day engaging with accounts that they don't resonate with simply because they think it will get them more engagement. And I just don't think that's sustainable behavior. Like I think people really need to find their genuine selves. And a lot of those people aren't the ones who get a lot of engagement. But I have to believe that over time, over a long period, 
that those are the people who will ultimately end up being, you know, at least somewhat influential and find them that success. Or maybe even a brand picks them up because they see what they're doing, even if it's not necessarily they become successful on their on their timeline. So I definitely resonate with that message. Sorry, Ivy, go ahead. You're good. You're good. I love this conversation. But yeah, uh, Saber, we've actually said this before, you know, posting without expectations is so important. Like, you shouldn't expect every tweet to be a banger, or even like, good, like you should like, always just go in with that aspect of I want to give people value. And you know, just focus on that. So yeah, I completely agree with you. And then you also were talking about engagement farming. This is funny. I was talking to someone in the DMs the other day, because this was during um, Alex and Bark talking about like, Oh, we're going to fly you out to Taiwan. Like they were engagement farming the shit out of everyone with those posts. It was crazy. And I even was falling for it. I was falling for these, this engagement farm. And I ended up DMing one of my homies that posted one of the memes. And he was like, yeah, dude, it was just engagement farm. Like I was, I was kidding. And he's someone who posts a lot of niche stuff. Like he has his niche, but he found that a balance between all of his niche posts, plus maybe a little sprinkle of uh, engagement farming has really helped him bring in a new, like new audience members. So I like loved it. We like, we ended up talking for 20 minutes about how he's like been messing around with more engagement farming tweets and stuff. So I, I, I can like, I don't like accounts that are full engagement farming. I don't like the ones that are only GM who's active right now. Everyone hates that, but the ones that can sprinkle it in and almost give it their own flair, I respect. Cause I think that is, it's hard to do. And so you know, I, I think that everyone should actually give it a shot, like try out making an engagement farming post that's kind of like niche to you or, you know, gives your own flair. It, it's actually it's cool. It's, it's hard to do. I have actually tried like a balance of the few like I might go back to it. I'm not really sure. So I was never a fan of like who's active now and all that type of stuff. But um, I did try like GMs, right? Like the GM, like th- that hit you get when you post a GM and it gets like, you know, 5x the engagement you normally get. Uh, was something I sort of missed. So I think it was probably like a week ago that I was doing these like daily or like morning reminders or something. So I would attach like, so I would always try to attach a quote and a graphic to it to make it better. And I I couldn't really tell. I'd probably have to do it over a longer period of time to tell if it was doing anything because I didn't look at like, obviously it got some engagement. Um, But a lot of the times I, I just wanted more insight, right? So when I tweet my regular tweets, I get thought out replies usually because the tweet is thought out. So when I would post a GM with a quote, it would usually just get a GM back. Now, I don't need like a 10 paragraph essay on why you like the quote or anything. I'm just saying like, I think whatever you usually attach to a GM can sometimes get lost and it's like people just see the GM. So uh, I might go back to that at some point. I just wanted to use it to expand my reach. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree with you, Ivy. I don't understand accounts that just post like who's active now, like all day, because it's like the same thing every day. So, yeah, I, I recently just stopped my GM posts. I was doing them religiously every day, but after that spaces with NFT God, I think he really made my vision clear and kind of solidified my feelings of what I was kind of feeling. Like I was like, I've been thinking like, why am I doing this? Like it's getting more engagement, but none of these people are my tribe. And I really just want to find my tribe. Like I'm so much more bullish on 20K loyal, engaged followers who potentially would subscribe to a newsletter, who would follow you to YouTube, like these kind of things. than 100K people who are just like, like commenting because like people that go to Bark and comment on his post are doing it selfishly. They don't give a fuck about Bark. No one cares about him. 
they care about themselves and they're commenting on his thing because maybe he'll give them some attention and then they'll blow up. But like when I comment on Flourish's stuff, it's because I love this guy. I want to see him do well. And like that is the kind of community I'm, I'm trying to garner. And I just don't think you get that with Engagement Farm. And I really don't. So like it, this is the great thing about these kind of stuff is we can all have different opinions and they're all going to be right. Like there's nothing wrong with doing any one thing. We're just all going to find our own place that makes us happy and, and grow the way we want. So that's one thing that I love about these topics. We've got all different opinions, but, and they can all be right. That's kind of the beautiful thing about it. What's going on, Saber? Uh, yeah, just one thing I wanted to add. One thing Ivy said is very correct that if you can somehow get the balance or just add a little uh, thing that's going on in the NFT world or Web3 world, not necessarily just engagement, engagement farming, but that is something different to what you would do every day. If you can get that balance, that is amazing because people get engaged to entertainment, no matter how. I'm not saying the quality or I'm not saying how good or bad it is. Uh, so I think if you can maintain that balance, that helps. And another thing, uh, Chris, sorry, just one thing that you said earlier as well. Spaces is something I'm trying to get better at too because we're talking there's so many things to talk about and if someone comes up with an opinion you can share yours you can curate theirs or just have a discussion but with content there's only so much you can write after a while so if you are not expanding into spaces i don't know what you can keep writing about after a while there's only so much i think you bring up a great point and i appreciate you kind of the talk i think you would make a great host and i'll definitely join your, your content so i definitely appreciate you for saying that i definitely want to support people um and there was a, a, a Quick point I wanted to make was I like every single day at 12 p.m. I post brick by brick, which I guess you could call that engagement farming. But it's kind of like very true to me. And it's like it's more a reminder for myself. Like I'm posting that for me. It's because like there's some days where I'm like I'm feeling low. Like I don't feel amazing every single day. And some days I get that reminder brick by brick. And I'm like, OK, I'm just laying another brick today. Every day laying another brick. And um, so I guess there is kind of ways you can go about it that are actually true to you. Uh, remove John from the. Yikes. But he's a bored ape. He's a blue chip. I mean, he must be legit. He's definitely not a bored ape, bro. I'm kidding. Dude, I saw, I literally just saw him go up on the speaker panel and just start spamming posts. I was like, shit. I was like, I don't even know how to take him down. Yeah. I'll remove these. Um, but we got, we have a speaker at codewalker.eth. Let's get educated. Uh, what's going on, bro? How you doing, man? Um, so. <clears throat> I just found out about you, um, but I came through because I saw a flourish in Saber. So now, yeah, the bridge is being built. But um, <laughs> I saw you and you got some great content as well. So I just followed you as well. But <clears throat> what I wanted to know was, based on your title, what what is a Twitter alpha? So um, I'm I'm new into Web three, so I, I'm kind of this is probably a newbie question. You know? No, not at all, because I, I made it up, so it doesn't exist. So it makes sense you wouldn't have heard it. So. Um, the world I come from was I was a the one of the world of women alpha reps. And in that world, if you're an alpha rep, you go out and find information that will make people money or like, yeah, that's really all it is. So I just took that term and moved it towards like Twitter alpha. So like alpha is like insight, I guess you could say. So it's like Twitter insight or, or Twitter like things that will improve you. But the term alpha, you'll see that used all around Web3 as um, like alpha callers. They're finding good place for members of their community. Yep, yep. Basically, like, you know, people use alpha for like many things. And so that was a good question, though. Like, definitely, I love spaces because people can ask questions just like those, like ones that, you know, normally people don't ask, 
but you know, I'm glad that you felt comfortable enough to come up and uh, shoot the shot. So I love spaces. I just wanted to reiterate that. I love spaces. Spaces is like the most engaging thing up here. I'm glad they brought it up. Um, I'm glad they made that feature because um, it's grown my following a lot. Like you can see, well, not see, but hear the, like the vibrations behind people's voices if they're genuine, if they actually want to help people and whatnot. So I like that. I, I definitely agree. And there's been a lot of accounts who actually didn't tweet a lot or do a lot of those what you call strategies and just popped in the spaces and had great growth. So it's definitely a good place. And I really like it too. My one big ask is I really hope 2023 brings some new innovation to the spaces because there's a massive opportunity that they're lagging behind. Like it seems like such an easy kind of strategy to like maybe partner with someone like Spotify or Anchor to allow this to be an easy podcast platform. And the discoverability of podcasts or of spaces is really, really low. Like it's not easy to find spaces that your homies are in. Like it's so there's a lot to work. But as a feature, I'm definitely super happy about it, and I'm really I think it's uh, it's a monumental for a lot of people. Yeah, dude. Honestly, I complain about this a lot. I think the UI and like the user experience too is like terrible when it comes to spaces. Like on your phone, sometimes they don't even come up. On PC, you can't even host them from like the normal browser. Like I'm literally using an Android emulator to use my mic, like on my computer. So they like they have a lot that they need to catch up on. Like you use lag behind, they really are lagging behind, especially when this tool is so good. Like it, like like you guys are talking about, it's helping you grow your followings and it's helping like you hear other people's voices. Like it like really does give more people a voice, and it's amazing. Like I don't know why they wouldn't triple down on this. So it, it shocks me every day. Yeah, I think social audio is going to be a big movement. I don't know when. I mean, it, like Clubhouse hit, it had its moment. It's now it's just kind of a like it, I'd call it like a like this is a bad term, but like a floor community. And um, but it's it's kind of sustaining itself. But we're seeing the great success on Twitter, and I'm I don't know when, but I really think that more social platforms will utilize it because it is a very powerful tool that people absolutely love. Um, and there, I did write a few topics that I want to get into, given the nature of our, how our conversations go. I meant to ask Flores to have some already, but I didn't, so here we are. But uh, a couple of people, something resonated, so we'll, we'll answer these hands, and then I'll bring up some topics. So we got, we got Ben on stage, my homie. What's going on, bro? What up? Um, thanks for having me up. Uh, yeah, have a chat and uh, discuss what we're getting into today. Sounds good. And then we also have the 1% Club guru, the mustache. What's going on, bro? Hey, how is everybody doing? I uh, I figured I was like I need to join the space today. I've been it's been busy so far. We had a baby five days ago, but I was like I'm gonna try to make it to to this one. <laughs> so so good to meet everyone like for for the first time. Well, congrats to you. Five days. I mean, I was there not long ago, ten months old. It gets easier, bro. I'm sure you know all that stuff. I'm sure you've been told everything, so you don't need to be told again. But congratulations, that's incredible. I'm super happy to have you here. Uh, the, f- the first thing I kind of wanted to dive into, if anyone had thoughts on this, put your hand up or just blur it out, whatever works. Um, I have a note written down for an upcoming tweet, but it's don't fall into endless scroll trap. This is something that I struggle mega with. Um, I waste a lot of time. I'm definitely not nearly as effective as I could be, and it definitely affects mental health, um, the endless scroll. So you log into Twitter, just, okay, I'm going to comment on a few posts, or, and then next thing you know, you've scrolled for 20 minutes and got nothing useful done. So do we have any tips or tricks and is this something plague that plagues other people on the panel i'm just oh saber i saw you my bad i'm just no, gonna no, chime no, in right 
Thank you. Thank you. So uh, that like I've been caught so many times myself completely scrolling through. I, I used to catch myself on like other social media platforms, TikTok, Instagram, all those just swiping through. With Twitter, they're like the only ones that get or they're the only one that gives you a tool that you can use to actually help you with this. And that's I'll bring up a list. You know, my favorite thing of like Twitter that they actually have. It's a great tool. Like you, we always talk about finding accounts that are aligned with yours that are like similar to your content and your niche list will literally help you so much like stay in your niche plus keep your keep your screen time lower and make it more productive because you're not just engaging with random people you're engaging with the people in your niche you're reading uh the things that you want to read the things that are aligned with you so i always would just recommend list to anyone who's struggling with that yeah i love lists i've been using them myself my one complaint though and the kind of thing that has been deterring me from list is i really wish they didn't show replies like i want to see their posts and I've got a lot of retweets and replies that have kind of kind of ruined it for me. So I'm hoping that in these feedback communities, because like Twitter asked me to join some feedback community, I'm hoping there's an opportunity to get some feedback because lists are like so close to being perfect. And that's just like the one one thing kind of holding us back. But we got the mustache and then we got Flourish. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I'm, I'm relatively new to Twitter. And I, I feel like last year I spent a ton of time just, I, I don't know, everybody has all these strategies of like engage and do this and do that. And you kind of fall into that trap of, of doing it, but it's also, I think, the only way to learn of like what works for you. And one of the things I kind of decided this year and, and especially last month is just to focus my time on Twitter on specific communities and based off those communities on lists. So like when I think of uh, like for me, it's like the one percenters like CPG and then like Daily Dose and then and that's it. Like everything else, whatever. I, I'm kind of like, you get this FOMO of like, oh my God, but I need to engage with this person, this person. And I'm like, no, like it, it's fine. Like I'm going to build, it's the only way to build better connections as well. And like relationship with people instead of just being all over the place. And I think it's something that I'm, I'm kind of testing now. It's just saying like, these are the three communities I'm going to focus my time on. And this is why I joined this space. I was like, all right, I really want to build connections with these people. Like I'm going to spend time here instead of just, scrolling and engaging with everyone uh and then building lists off of that once you realize within those communities like who do i actually want to be engaging with instead of just building a list immediately so so i think that's something that i'm kind of testing i'll let you know how it goes but but that's been my experience so far and i've enjoyed it a lot more like i feel like i have less fomo of oh my god i need to engage here and join here and like you end up joining a gazillion spaces that it's just pointless like is it really worth it i think at the end of the day uh but that's my take. I think that's smart. You're basically giving yourself something to work towards and like a roadmap in a sense. Like you're not just feeling random. Like you've put like uh, almost blinders on. Here's my focus. These are the quality relationships that I want to build. And these are the places that these people are. I'm going to put my focus there. I've done the exact same thing. I think that's really wise advice. What's going on, Flourish? I wanted to uh, also agree with um with iv there because i think like if there's one thing i push like a trillion times it's like curate your timeline because i don't i don't view twitter as mindlessly scrolling it, it depends on what platform so with twitter specifically because i have lists because i curate my content i don't i don't view that as like mindlessly scrolling uh when it comes to short form content absolutely and there's usually like not a reason like i've had times where i just i scroll and i don't even want to be scrolling right so it's like if you're not even enjoying the scrolling you shouldn't be doing it in the first place so the one thing i want to say like ivy said for for uh for curating content is uh make those lists uh chris i agree with you completely 
about the retweets and replies that is is bothering me because i go through these lists and like there are people who retweet like i mean like i'm fine with retweets but like some people retweet like 20 things a day and they're like replying on including me like i reply all the time so people are probably going through lists and just seeing like 20 of my replies so i do wish they would uh do something about that or have some something there but another thing is uh setting like a timer like if you know you're about to do something because i also think rests are important so i've been doing uh i think it's called like a pomodoro timer i don't know if that's how you say it but i do like a 15 minute thing of work and then a five minute break so if i know i'm gonna be scrolling mindlessly i will only be doing it for five minutes right and then i go right back into like a 15 minute uh uh, time segment. So I have this app called flow. It's a pretty cool app uh, where I can set this timer and it just dings. It's a pretty basic app, but, um, that's another thing. If you're going to do something and you know, you're going to at least put a time limit on it because when you don't, it becomes very dangerous and you could be on there for a long time. Now, I think you bring up a really good point. It sounds like you have maybe a little more discipline than me and, and some others. Uh, I definitely find myself on Twitter a lot, like probably a lot more than what's useful. And the, like the thing that I'm trying to do is like be more intentional. Like everything should be intentional. Like if I'm on Twitter, even if it's for five minutes, like I should have at least have commented on someone's post because like if, if you didn't, like what exactly did you go on for? So like I'm really trying to make an effort to when I'm on Twitter, even if it's for 20 minutes, half hour, one hour, like while I'm on it, try to do some useful things, like make it a productive session. Because if you log, if you just turn in for two minutes, scroll and you didn't like a post, retweet something or comment, like you really didn't serve yourself or anyone else any kind of good you just you're kind of just making that ratio bad for everyone uh, i don't know whose hand went first but i guess we'll, we'll hit saber then flourish uh, thank you bro. so yesterday there was this guy who dm'd me and he was asking me he was saying that i he started the account twitter account at the same time as me and i was asking me as to why doesn't he get the engagement that i get and uh, how did i grow and stuff like that so i told him the exact same thing i think I told him that about three, four months ago, I just realized that on Twitter, oftentimes I'm just passively scrolling. I'm not even engaging with anyone. I'm just going through posts, viewing them. I'm not liking, I'm not commenting. I'm not interacting in the DMs or stuff like that. So I just told him I changed that completely. I'm still spending a lot of time on Twitter, but there's intentions, like you said, behind it. I'm either commenting, I'm either talking in spaces or in my DMs. I'm more in my DMs than I'm on the timeline now i'm just building my connections because another thing i think is very important that i was going to write about later on is to having a, a small pod or a bit of a tribe for yourself like maybe five or ten people that when you blow up those are the sort of people you know have been with you when you were smaller and whatever they say you can at least trust it i'm not saying you believe them entirely but you can trust them go back to them and they can hold you accountable that is another thing i think people are lacking right now they're not using connections as well you bring up a great point. I keep getting added into these groups and they'll message me like, oh, I'm going to this group. It's all these really great founders and, and hosts. Like we're all going to connect. And then you get there and it's people just uh, engagement farming. There's been like six or seven of them now. And I have to leave and I feel like an asshole because it's like I left this exclusive, like this special group. But like, man, I'm just like, I'm so not the engagement farming type. And I don't know why I keep adding to these. But maybe I should take it as a compliment. Like they're trying to help me out because I see how down bad I am. Um, so I appreciate those people trying to hook me up. That's actually, uh, I guess it's perspective, but, uh, I know code you've had your hand up for a bit and then we'll uh, keep it going. No, actually 
and this is one thing you're going to see too when I come into your spaces. I'm a, um, it was actually flourish first. So <laughs> I'm actually honest about that type of stuff. I don't just, <laughs> I don't know. That's just me. No, you're good, bro. I appreciate that. Uh, I just wanted to hop in here real quick and say uh, to something Chris said, like, I don't want to give the attention to I'm not on Twitter all day. I am on Twitter all day. Like it's, it's, I don't even want to see how, how much time I spend on here. But like you said, it's, it's being intentional with what you're doing on there. And that actually brought up a point where it's like, I, I actually have never actually, at least in a little bit, I don't go on Twitter and scroll because of the list I have. Like every time I go on Twitter, it is literally to either make a post or to reply to people. So although I am on Twitter all day, I like what you said, Chris, about like being intentional with that thing. And the other thing it, that's important that maybe people don't do is like, I say all the time, do not fall mercy to your timeline. That's the whole point of lists. All this stuff is like, when you reply, make it targeted, right? I say, go in NFT gods comment, like his comments. Those are the people you want commenting on your stuff, right? Like if you fall mercy to the timeline of just GMs, who's active, all this stuff that might be fine for a little bit, but like you're not going to get the people that you want. You're not going to find the Chris's, the Ivy's, the Fleas, the Sabres, the Ben's, the like everybody up here. Like Code, I just – I you commented on my tweet this morning. Love that, dude. Appreciate you so much. And like it's just when you do this, these replies, all this stuff, make it targeted, right? Like I think that's that's a key point as well. I love that take. And I definitely appreciate uh, Ben being here and also Flea and Ivy because – this is a silly thing. I'm this, I'm making a point. I'm rounding this out, and then we'll hit those hands. Is I used to actually not join spaces if I didn't recognize the profile pictures in there, which is like a horrible thing. I, I definitely don't do that anymore. But that was a mindset I had. But the fact that I had that mindset, there's probably other people who had that mindset too. Um, so I, we we definitely need some of these homies in here to, to attract people. So shout out to those people. I don't know where this thought came from. I just kind of had it. But anyway, we'll go to the mustache, and then we'll hit up uh, Fleet. So this might be a, a silly, stupid question, but like, how are you guys using DMs? Because I feel like everybody talks about like these DM groups and like getting invited, and and I feel like cold DMing people, I, it's just not pointless. Right? But like, it just I don't. Like, is it worth it? Like, and how do you approach it? I guess like I I I, I heard Saber like spending a lot of time on it, and I wanted to ask you like or, or others, right? How are you using DMs effectively so it's not. It doesn't look like spam, but also like everybody talks about like, oh, building connections and like, how, what are you doing with it? And like, how are you approaching that? Because I think that's interesting. Uh, probably a m much better way to spend your time on Twitter as well. But I, I kind of feel like, where do you start and how do you do it? Not well, but in a way that's not spamming. And it. it's, it's just not like, oh, like crap, like another guy sending me freaking DMs. I think that's a good question. Maybe we'll hit Saber first because he's brought this up a few times, so he might have the, the knowledge, and then we'll hit Flourish, IV, and uh, Flea's been patient over there, boy, so we'll, we'll get the Flea real quick too. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, so one thing I've witnessed uh, with DMs is a lot of people, when they are DMing a big, a big account, they expect them to reply back, but we have to realize at times that they might not genuinely not have the time to reply back to us because there's probably 2,000 or 3,000 more people like us DMing them. So it's not, it, it's nothing to do with us. You, you just, if they reply, it's good. If they don't, that's also fine. Another thing that I've noticed that a lot of people do, which I never tried to do, but I thought that it is wrong straight away was people go into the DMs of these people and ask them, tell them that they love their product. And if, if is, is there anything that I can help you with? I think we can reverse that thing quite a lot and 
give them an actual compliment or maybe curate one of their tweet and say this is another thing i did or just provide them value upfront because if you're asking them for uh, actually what you should do for them you're giving them another task on top of it so which can get overwhelming and which can lead to them just entirely ignoring your dm or just disconnecting with you and i've just made a lot of friends through dms man no no plans of taking anything from them no don't want their engagement or anything just met quite a lot of genuine people in there it sounds like saber has read uh, gary v's book left 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 right hook because he just gives with no expectation which is what it's all about so i wish i was this nice man i'm not i am a sinner too well you love to hear that i think you made a lot of good points and you know what i have so i have regrets boy i got a few regrets from the dms that i've sent because oh just like go in for the ask and like these people that i respect i they went in their dms and it's there forever now and i, I have this vision that you know i'll eventually have more influence and maybe we'll end up dming and they're going to go in and see that dm from like four years ago and be like bro what the fuck was that so that's something that i think about often but um it seems like we've lost flea he was patient but not patient enough and yeah he, uh, he left but what's going on i uh flea or sorry flourish or iv i mean rock paper scissors i guess paper i'm here all right <laughs> so <laughs> So I was just going to actually reiterate on Saber's point because I love that. Like I, I do the same thing. I first, when I DM someone, I offer them something like, usually it's not even offering um, anything of like, you know, physical or anything like, like, I don't know. It's usually always like helping us like through a thought process. Like people are always trying to figure out posts or they're, they're always talking about ideas. And I always offer to like, Hey, like, let's talk about an idea. Let's, uh, let's talk about your post tomorrow. Let's, like, like, let's just like collab on something. And um, usually people around like the same size as my account, they'll hit back and we'll have like in-depth conversations. And I usually can branch them into other things. And that's actually how I talked to my friend about uh, engagement farming tweets. And he was telling me how he's been sprinkling them in and it's really been helping him. So yeah, like you can, I really just really like remember that you are, you're like, you should offer something without expectation to get something back which I love that Saber said that, like you really should do that and, um, you know, figure out ways that you can make it your own, your own way of doing that. You know, you should be authentic. So yeah, Flores, you got it, my guy. Thank you, brother. Uh, I uh, obviously agree with everything you said. I agree with everything Saber said. And to just throw some more points on there, I think um, not even just going for like one person, right? Like DMing one person, like what we have with our group, it is a group chat. And now what I want to stress with this, it is not a group chat where we all make tweets and we post our tweets as a group chat where we talk. And that is the goal. Like the goal is growth, accountability to talk things out. Like the second I got in this, I just got like, I don't even know what I said. I just know I sent like a paragraph worth of stuff based on like, you know, how my account's been growing. And I just wanted to like vent or like say something to these people, right? Because I was like, okay, they're in the same boat, whatever. So I think that's important too. And like, also don't always go for like the biggest person I think is important as well. Um, I think a lot of people want to just go for like the barks and the Alex's and that's not a bad thing, but like, trust me when I say there are legends who are in the make, there's always a legend in the making, right? Because there's like, like you could argue anybody who's made it to where they, they have at one point was not there. Right. So I think like there's so many people in the space, everybody up on the stage, obviously, but like, even like, if you guys know who Tally is, he's like making these these short form video content for people in the space. He's doing it for Thread Guy. He's doing it for NFT God now, and like 
he, we're watching like a legend being made. And again, he's just one of many examples. So like, don't always go for the biggest person, go for the people that like, you already like their content. And maybe you're like, Oh, well, I don't think they have enough followers, but in reality, they're still a cool person who will eventually be there. Uh, so yeah, just don't be intimidated by that. And don't always go for like the, the largest guy in the space. Wise words by the future legend all-star himself, Flores. He's, he takes a spotlight on every space. I actually I might stop inviting him on the spaces because he does take the limelight, so you hate that. Uh, Code, what's going on? <clears throat> <laughs> oh, man. So um, <clears throat> I, into, I fell into this trap, too, uh, being new in Web3 and whatnot. So you get added to these groups and whatnot, and then, like, you form some type of uh, – like talking relationship, I guess, with certain people and whatnot. Um, but my whole thing is, what are we building though? Like, is it, are we just like uh, talking about random stuff throughout the day and stuff like that? Or like, I get like uh, what Flourish was talking about, like ha uh, having a chat to hold the people accountable and then to just talk is very important. But I feel like uh, I don't want to just be spending my time on Twitter just randomly talking about bullshit like to, to be blunt like um like so with saber flourish and stuff like that I, I just found out about these guys probably like within a week um like i was seeing flourish's post and i was like damn like uh like the threads and stuff like i was like some of these guys are like doing a, a bunch of beautiful things with the threads and engagement and stuff like that but i'm like that's cool engagement but let's make it genuine. Let's act like if we say we're going to support these people, support the people. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, I'm just seeing a, a lot of things different. Like you, you just got to walk your own road with this thing. To be honest, I'm not trying to follow nobody. I'm just trying to follow people that have dope content and then pass it off to my community, which is Web Two and Web Three, which is you guys as well. So. Um, my thing is education. So if I could teach people something while I'm learning it, I think that's the best way for me. Well, that's well said. I think I got to get around code more because that's the mindset that I'm in. So I really love to hear that. Um, I'm definitely going to connect with you. Uh, Flourish. Yeah, I, I just want to say code, like just to start out, I'm like really glad you asked that question because I think in the space, it's very common for people to say like, I'm building or we're all going to make it and like all this stuff. And it, it begs the question, like, what are we building? Because not everybody is building like a project, right? Like currently I'm not building a project. And funny enough, the reason I got into the space is because I was very interested in it and I actually wanted to make a project. Right. But what I'm trying to build now, which is obviously, like I said, a great question is like the brand, right? So what is the end goal with Twitter? Because a lot of people are putting out content. Um, and even if it's good content, they might not actually have an end goal. Um, for me, I just want to build this sort of base audience. I have a newsletter I'm trying to build as well, trying to sort of take the NFT God route, but to not just copy, uh, uh, him, I've been, you know, talking about a podcast. I mean, Chris has STB radio inspired by him, of course, uh, inspired by many other people I heard Gary V talk about it. And at the end of the day, it, the end goal for me is to build a brand because I think even people who build big businesses eventually realize they, they could only enhance it further with a brand. Uh, if you take anybody, you take Gary Vee, he's probably been here forever, but like Alex Harmozy, anybody, these people built like multi-million dollar businesses, like tons and tons of money. They don't need more money, but even they realize they can leverage this business advice, give it to people and build a brand. And even they realize that. So I figured for me, like almost instead of building the business first, 
I take the brand seriously and turn that into the business because I think that's just like a backwards way of doing it that might work. So the end goal with me is to just sort of build this brand, build hopefully like an audience for a newsletter and a podcast. And uh, yeah, I think that was a great question. Yeah, so I'll just I'll just get in here. Um, I love it, like how he said that you know everyone has a different perspective on this, and I totally agree. My look on these uh, Twitter DM group chats is like this is like the top of the funnel. You know, you, you're in this funnel, you meet a bunch of new people, this is your first time meeting them, and now you're starting to form relationships. You know, you're not midway, but you're like getting your way, you're working your way down the funnel. You have this relationship, and with those relationships, like they are so powerful, like. Chris Flourish, they say like the accountability, like I say the same thing, the accountability is so nice. But as we've been building the strong relationship, looking forward to the future, we could do so much more. Like we are building trust. Exactly how Flourish said he wants to build a project. Like I would want to build, I would take any chance I can to build with anyone on this stage, like a hundred percent, just because it's relationships that we're building. We're working our way down that funnel. And that's why at the bottom of that funnel, that end goal, just like Flores said, would to be build a project or something. That is, that's what we're working towards. And you know, building better content, we're just doing that along the way. Building more relationships, we're doing that along the way. But you know, you got to start in those little Twitter group chats. It's all how you look at it. You bring up so many good points, and it's funny because like, you wouldn't think to enter NFTs, Web three, as a place like I've said this before. It's like, oh, this is a really good place to build like a media brand or go and, and build content, a personal development or, or go and, and, you know, learn new skills to be a podcast host or, or social audio. But like, this is actually an incredibly good place for it because there's a, there's a real land grab available. Uh, there's not a lot of people making like really quality content from their heart. And I think there's like a lot of opportunity there. We got Flea back on stage. He's left a few times. He's not, he's not feeling like patience is pain right now, but he's here. What's going on? Yeah, the, the, this whole fucking hand system, man, doesn't work. No, but I don't know, man. I'm just playing around with ChatGPT, just being an idiot. It's fucking ridiculous. I don't, you want to hear the prompt of the shit that it pumped out here? Let's hear it, baby. <clears throat> Ivy, you there? Oh, yeah, I'm here. I want to hear this. Oh, my this. God. So <laughs> I, told him, I told him to write a five-minute screenplay comedy about a guy who has to pick the winning numbers to the upcoming lottery drawing or the mafia is going to put him in a pizza oven. The guy is blind and deaf, so on the night of the drawing, he can't see his ticket to determine if he's won or not. So then this thing pumps out a screenplay called The Lucky Blind Man's Dilemma. Act 1, internal shot, blind man's apartment, daytime. The blind and deaf man Jim sits at his kitchen table with a worried look on his face. Suddenly, there's a loud knock at the door. Jim gets up and makes his way over to the door, feeling around until he, is <laughs> he finds the handle. He opens the door to reveal a group of menacing-looking mafia thugs. Thug one, Jim, you owe us a lot of money, and you have until the end of the day to pay up, but you're going in the pizza you're going in the pizza oven. Jim, terrified. I don't have that kind of money. Thug two, sarcastically. Oh well, that's just too bad. Better start saying your prayers. Act two, uh, internal shot, uh, convenience store, daytime. Jim nervously approaches the counter where the clerk is waiting. Can I help you? Uh, yes, I need to buy a lottery ticket. Jim says, clerk skeptical are you sure that's a good idea the odds of winning are pretty slim jim desperate i don't have a choice it's my only chance to save my life the clerk looks at him sympathetically and sells him a ticket jim closes his eyes and makes his selections relying on luck and his gut instinct act three internal shot blind man's apartment nighttime jim sits in front of the tv holding his lottery ticket and praying the lottery drawing is about to begin tv announcer 
And now for the winning numbers, Jim Hart's rate, Jim, Jim's heart races as the numbers are called out. He reaches for his ticket, but realizes he left it on the kitchen counter. He frank, frantically feels around trying to find it, but it's nowhere to be found. Jim frustrated. Oh no, where's my ticket? He continues to search, but to no avail. Act four later on that night, Jim sits on the couch defeated. There's another knock at the door and he knows who it is. He gets up and slowly makes his way to the door, resigned to his fate. He, I, I like how this time when he gets to the door, by the way, it, it doesn't talk about him feeling his way to the door. He just goes straight to the door and opens it. He opens it to reveal the mafia thugs who are grinning tri- triumphantly. Uh, thug one, mock in mock sympathy, it says. Oh, Jim, looks like you didn't win, win the lottery after all. Time to go, time to go in the oven. <laughs> fucking stupid just as they're about to grab him there's a loud cheer from the tv the tv announcer and the final winning number is jim's heart leaps as he realizes that the winning number matches the one on his ticket jim excitedly says i won i won the lottery the mafia thugs are shocked and disappointed fine you win we'll leave you alone jim does a victory dance and the mafia thugs slink away defeated i like how they're just not happy that he has their money they're like pissed they couldn't put him in a pizza oven it's Oh my god. This is, fucking, this, this is so funny. I was cracking up the whole time I was reading that the first time. This is why we love Flea. You know, just adding the dynamic up here in the space. You know, just opened up a nice short story. Like, that is... It's crazy. AI is crazy. Alright, Chris. You Isn't know. that fucking funny, though? Like, Chris, what'd you think about that? I thought yeah. that was incredible. And actually, our our viewers went up while you were reading. So, so um, Book Time with Flea is in the works where you just prompt stories and read them on spaces and i think we're onto something because the audience is definitely growing well growing since you started reading that and i love that story and to be honest i was very shocked at the end when he won the lottery i thought he was a dead man i thought he was going in the oven so chat you did a great job like that was a plot twist like man i might have to use some ai to make a story around this it's funny because like the first time it wrote it 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 didn't like account for the fact that he's blind so it's like i was wondering like how the fuck does he know he won can't even see his numbers what did he memorize them so then i told it to rewrite it with the fact that he can't see his ticket and then the, you know the, i guess the ai put it on the kitchen table or some shit well it's so funny and then i had one before that that i <laughs> it's funny because like i guess the ai doesn't pick up like context sometimes so it's this guy that's in like seven million dollars of debt right and he makes like 25 dollars an hour at his job so he's like he, he has to seduce his boss for a raise for enough to pay off that debt within five years and like the, the fucking the ai just kind of makes it happen it's so funny man I, I should read that one if you guys let me know when you you want to hear another story i'll fucking read it well you know i got you chris hey see i love it flea like the, it's so funny i met flea in the twitter group chat you know as we were talking about twitter group chats you can meet cool and unique people just like flea like I, you got if you are not in like a Twitter group, find one or form one. Like you, you got to like the, it's it's always fun. It makes Twitter so much better. Hundred percent. I think that's a good point. Like, um, Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I was just gonna say I feel like I I need now like a story between Chris, Flourish, Ivy, and Flea, like kind of a bit like a survival games, Hunger Games type thing, and find out who wins. <laughs> oh man! Why well, no, we mean... all know Flourish would win that one. This man is hustling them to Jim. I think maybe IV as well. I don't know about Flea, but I, I kind of feel like Flea and I would probably be the first first to drop. I don't know. No, man. No, no. I, I'm subscribed to Andrew Tate's uh, fucking Matrix Academy or whatever the fuck he calls it, man. So I know uh, 
basic hand-to-hand combat from a two-minute video he posted. But uh, back, I don't know. I just want to talk about that chat GBT shit, man, and, and how um, I think I think why it's so... Uh, I hate this word, but I have to use it. I, I think why it's so revolutionary is that, like, for creators... Um, I think there's no substitute for good taste, right? Like, it's not going to just make everyone a comedian. It's not going to make everyone, you know, witty and smart because you still, it's like putting a piece of art in front of somebody that has good taste and they'll be able to say like, okay, like this is cool, like, or this is not, or just maybe with trends of fashion, right? Like people that just have good eyes. Um, so I, I think that's what sets a lot of creators apart from from like the rest of like the weekend warriors is good taste and i think what uh, this chat gbt thing is going to do it's going to close the gap because like there's people like me that just i'm I'm not good at facing like a blank canvas but like give me something and i can edit it and like i can feel like the potential out for something you know what i mean so i think it closes the gap for people like me i think that's a super good point and i kind of feel the exact same way and this this is where that whole debate around like is ai art art is what where that like you can get passionate because it's the ability to give people like what's in their head and visualize it, which I I think is a really positive thing. But something struck with Saber and he brought his hand up. What's going on? No, I just had a curious question. Don't you think the guys who actually uh, like Flea said that if you give him some information or not a blank canvas, he can create something out of it. But don't you think the guys who can actually create things out of nowhere and are more creative at times? Uh, I'm not saying anything else, but I'm just saying that uh, the ones at the top, it, maybe be it in art, maybe be in video content or everything, don't you think they'll uh, increase in value and price because most other people will be able to do most of the things and the gap will be closed? Just a question or curiosity that came out. Can you rephrase your question like in two sentences? Yes. So as you said, that gap will be closed. Uh, don't you think that the ones at the top who can create something from nowhere uh, will become more valuable money-wise or just appreciation-wise because everyone else can do most of the things on the ones. No, I mean, uh, what's good is good, right? Like, you can't... Just because somebody's able to make something from scratch versus somebody that's able to take something like like a, like a template and make it really good, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just about the product, right? It's just about making, like, good stuff. So whether that comes from somebody doing it from scratch or somebody you know, starting with like a baseline, I think the, the end result will speak for itself, you know? Yes, you're correct. Thank you. Like, I, I could just see even, like, I've, I've never, like, messed around. I, well, I actually did. When I was, like, 20, I, like, wanted to learn how to write screenplays. Um, but it was just so, like, uh, intimidating, you know? And uh, I just kind of, like, gave it up. But like now I could see people just like giving something a scenario and saying, hey, write a 30 minute screenplay and giving it a bunch of criteria, blah, 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 blah out some random shit and then go in and edit it and make it a comedy or make it and just add the little details and then give it. I don't know, man. Sometimes just having a starting point is uh, is really advantageous. Marsh, what do you got, bro? Yeah, I sort of see uh, Flea's point here as well. It's just like, at the end of the day, all good things come from inspiration in the first place. So it's just like where you're sort of getting that from. Obviously, Saber, I actually do see your point in how like, if you are able to create something from nothing with like, I guess no inspiration, I guess like, like, because when I first heard that, I was like, yeah, you probably would be more valuable. But at, at the end of the day, like, 
it, it, it does become like a question of like, how could you even tell whether I was inspired by like, because I've been, I've been thinking about this a lot. Like my tweets could be inspired by AI and nobody would know, right? My email responses, my texts could all be inspired by AI. Um, I could put out, you know, like all this. And like, again, it, it depends on how specific you get that's, with it because I mean, the prompt I sent to you flea was crazy. You saw that, right? Yeah. That, that, that's like next level shit. I, like I told you, I can't wait to sit down and really dissect and see what they're doing there. Because like, once you learn how to like format shit like that, that's when it's like next level, you know? And then also on the topic of like what Saber said about starting from scratch, that person being more valuable. Let's just use writing as an example. The first draft of anything is shit to begin with. It comes from rewriting. So both people are going to be rewriting regardless. It's just now it comes down to who's the better like editor and rewriter at that point. Um, and after hearing you and Sarish, I think yeah, you guys are correct. It just depends what the output is. The input doesn't really matter because that's what people yeah, do. Exactly. And I feel like also the person that did something from scratch, like Flourish just said, we don't know their inspiration. They could have read a book and just because they're good at like taking some notes and turning it into something like a first draft doesn't take away from the other person that just doesn't have that skill. But then again, put something, put a first draft in front of them and they might, they might shine. The TM, uh, the, the mustache, I want to call you TM, but that's cool. Well, you've had your hand. That works. <laughs> that works. I, I actually think the input helps. I don't think it matters, but I, I do think it helps. It has to help me in, in, and just have a better baseline, right? Like I used to spend so much time on like, man, what's the story here? What's the angle? And now you can just go to the AI and get a bunch of ideas. And it's like, so I don't think it doesn't matter. I think it, it's a good baseline to start with. Like I, I, I completely agree at the end of the day, like if the output is shit, it's going to be shit. Like whatever you put in, it's gonna, like if you put in trash, it's going to come out trash, right? Um, but the other thing that I've been wondering like is, man, can you imagine when you were in high school or college and you could use this to just write essays, like stupid essays on like, <laughs> like, you know, the write 500 words on like the Ottoman Empire, like done five minutes, like just write a good, really good, like uh, uh, not input, but like just, you know, know how to write, like just write like a high school student, do this and just submit it. Like it would, it would have saved you so much time. So I'm really interested in like how this is going to, how kids in schools are going to start using AI and like, is that positive or negative? I think that's something that I'm really fascinated to see how this evolves because I, I can see it with everything we're doing with Twitter and, and just writing, but just growing up with all this new technology is I think to me fascinating. So I'll, I'll speak this real quick because this point triggers me with a capital T. All the headlines you see about teachers in this realm are how do I know if the kids are prejudiced? It's like, how, how do I know if the kids are cheating? And it's like, okay, you're looking at the wrong thing. This is where the school system, in my opinion, needs to evolve. Let the kids use it. Teach them how to use it. This is the future. We should be teaching them how to use these tools. We shouldn't be trying to get them off it and hide it from them. And like when I was like when the internet came around in the early days, it wasn't like how do we get these kids to learn how to use like like you should you learn to use social media in a way that's beneficial to you and they don't teach that in school they don't teach you how to like like the side effects of being stuck in the end of scroll like that stuff isn't taught so like i'm just super like bring up the school system and i get triggered because like i have kids in school and it's just like it's so frustrating the pushback that they give the technology and you put kids out into the world not ready for the real world but anyway that's that's the whole like, thing i think the tech I, is basically like if i could give an analogy it's, it's basically just actors standing in a room and it's your job. You're the director. You come in and you get good performances out of them. There's a reason why even the best actors in Hollywood, they still need a director. You don't just fucking 
put Leonardo DiCaprio and, and a couple other actors in a room just because they're like, you know, Academy Award winners, they're just going to make the script shine. No, they need direction. So I, and that's why like certain directors are more sought after because they bring out the best in these actors. They have vision and they have good taste. So I think that will be the differentiating factor with like people who shine with AI. It'll it'll complement their work. It won't replace it. And if you think about it, like with the kids analogy, it's the same thing. Just teach them how to use them, like make them become those directors that know how to use the technology instead of it was the same thing with like, don't give them access to Internet or like prevent this and that. Like, no bullshit. Like, just like you said, like teach them how to become a director so that they know how to leverage the technology to be better in life. The Flourish has been patient over there, but we'll throw to you, Flourish, and then we'll hit um, front end developer. He's a full stack software engineer. We'll go to him after Flourish. Yeah, Chris, I actually kind of share your, I mean, like I'm in school right now, right? So me and ChatGPT will graduate. Uh, I wish I could invite ChatGPT to my graduation, but I can't. But I actually am in school right now, and I do share the same passion that you that you sort of have because like, I think there's an Albert Einstein quote that's sort of like this, but it's like, if you have information that is fully accessible to you at any time, is there really a point in learning it, right? Because if I wanted to right now, I could just go and learn it if I wanted to, it's out there. So it sort of does uh, raise, raise that question for me, like, like, why are we like trying to, like you said, like hide these tools, not embracing them, not using them. It sort of gives me the vibes of like, I think somebody said this, but like, you know, you shouldn't have access to internet or like, you know, you won't have this in the real world. Like you won't have your phones in the real world. It sort of gives me that type of energy, if that makes sense. When in reality, like you may be in this little like thing where like school tells you, Oh, like you won't be able to like leverage this tech in the real world, but you actually will. And like, there are going to be like devs that use this to help them code. And there are going to be copywriters that use it to help them write better ad copy or to, you know, or fleas out there to write screenplays about blind people get thrown in the oven, like all these great things, you know? Yeah. I, I think also any groundbreaking like technology will always have resistance. You know what I mean? That's a good sign when you see people hating on shit like that. I don't know, man. I haven't felt this excited about something in a long time. Um, not even NFTs or crypto because that's just number go up, <laughs> you know, like I got excited when I see my fucking wallet balance go up, but that's about it. I, you know, I, this is something that no, there's no bear or bull market for this shit. It just works. It's just there. And it's like, it's a tool. It's an action. It has actual utility. Uh, I'm so like, uh, I'm the most bearish motherfucker out here. And I'm super bullish on this chat GPT shit and like the future of this thing. Cause like before I got access to it, I was kind of like skeptical. I'm like, oh, these people talking all this shit about it's going to replace this or this. I still don't think it'll replace things. It's going to complement things and it's going to give. Uh, it's going to give new wind to a different uh, kind of breed of creators. Front-end developer, you've been down there patient. What's going on, man? Oh, fam. So, okay, regarding the um, that GPT replacing devs or any other person, that's false. That's impossible. So, um, I actually requested the mic because I heard something like your... I, your input doesn't matter. Nah, it does matter. Because you cannot expect someone like me who is a software engineer to use ChatGPT and then you that you know literally nothing about um, Web2 or development, use ChatGPT to create something. It's a no-brainer because my outcome will be far, far, far. And I don't even know if far is an understatement because like my outcome will just be 
it's just the exceptional yours is the trash obviously you might it might look good but because i have the skill i have the grand understanding i have the deep knowledge about software development and i have access to a tool like ChatGPT. oh my god that's god made you understand so yeah the input does matter I think you bring up some good points and I think you're right. Like, I think there definitely is a lot of value in having the human behind the desk. Um, Gen X, what's going on? Hey, thanks for having me up. I popped in right when I was, when we were talking about chat GPT and I'm so happy that I found this space because I am mad over this. I love it. I'm so obsessed with it. And I ask all a ton of people in the NFT space if they're just as obsessed with it. And a lot of people are like, no, not really, not really trying it yet. So I'm super stoked that I found some people that are really bullish on it. I love it. I I think the I can't remember who said the Einstein quote, but you know why bother learning if um, you have all the information? I have thought about this, and I think about you know um, my daughter who will probably grow up with this. You know, if you can write an essay, a Shakespeare essay on Romeo and Juliet in three seconds, you know why bother learning? But I think that I think college too will change. I feel like you don't necessarily go to college anymore to learn. Yes, you learn, but you go to the college for the experience of being in that social stratosphere and, you know, being with like-minded people and making all the mistakes together before you set out in the real world. And yeah, you might learn some stuff along the way, but you really learn how to be a human, I think. Anyway, so I just thought that was a really interesting, but yeah, so, but definitely you learn now. I feel like you'll be able to actually learn what you're interested in because you can write something in three seconds that maybe you don't give a shit about. And then you can go off and actually dive into things that really matter to you. And chat GTP can also enhance and influence and help that, which is really cool. Like I'm learning so much stuff. It's insane. It's helping me. It's, it's completely um, like super powering my ability. I'm a writer by trade. I've been doing it professionally for over 15 years and it has catapulted my um, productivity, which is fantastic. It still needs me. It's not replacing me, which is I'm happy for, you know, for now, <laughs> but um, we'll see, we'll see where it goes, but I'm really, really thankful for it. So anyway, I just wanted to pop in and, and share the love. So thanks for having me up. Hey, what's up guys? <laughs> this is Dollagram. Now it's funny because I just popped into the room, but that moment, and I'm not coming at anybody at all. I believe everybody has value. I believe there's value in everything. Oh, bring the heat, man. Bring the heat. You don't have to say that. Just say Yeah, that. no, but I just want to put it out there, but um, so I actually was thinking about this earlier because like, you know, NFTs are this and sadness all out there and all this and that. And now I think I actually found a use case for collectors in the space, which I am one of. Like, I definitely see more value in pre-2023 NFT projects now. Until there's tools out that let me know specifically something has not been influenced by AI. Um I really, I'm not saying there's no value in AI. I definitely see some, but like when I'm collecting, I want to make sure I'm collecting the artist's work and not the AI's work. And so I myself personally, in my opinion, I believe that pre-2003 uh, NFT projects ha- hold more value. <laughs> you're like the guy, you're like the, and this is just being, you know, just having fun here, but you're like the guy in those sci-fi movies where like, 2000 years from now there's like flying cars and everything but there's like this underground city where they're walking around in rags and shit refusing to accept ai (laughs) well no and i'll be real fast but no it's not even like that it's like i'll be living in that new world 
But understand, people in that new world are still collecting things from that old world. And that old-ass kettle that they fucking made coffee from that you would never use today, like, I have yeah, that, yeah, yeah. and that's worth okay. mad fucking bread. That's cool. See, I like that. That's actually, you know what? You're going to feed that into the fucking chat GPT and tell them to write a screenplay about that, where, like, people are still collecting old toasters and coffee makers. Just real but, quick uh, here. I wanted to expand on, on what Gen X said, um, you know, where kids like writing a, an essay in three seconds and all this shit and uh i want to just it goes back to choice and taste right like if you look around everything around us every single thing the phone in your hand um the the the, the, the design of spaces the the house you're in everything's a choice every it's been decided by somebody and like what this uh chat gpt thing can do for people is it's it's practice in good judgment practice in good taste you know they'll learn how to like pick out good writing they'll learn how to be better editors and so i i don't know i just think it's a good thing it's a good practice because a lot of i don't know i've said this before and i'm I'm not i'm not anything special but i think my taste is above average and based on the nft projects i see getting fucking launched every day there's a severe lack in good taste and judgment in the space you know yeah, so I want to reset real quick, and I want to let Gen X talk because I'm loving her energy. When you started speaking, I wanted to say that it's kind of like a like a fresh air for the a reset for the room. So I really like the energy that Gen X is bringing. And on that um, dollar gram tag, I I, I I I really appreciate the way you articulated it, and I appreciate you coming in the space and talking and all that kind of thing. But I, I definitely don't um, see the same value because I actually have met some AI artists who put hours and hours and hours and a lot of work into the craft. And I would argue that some of the work they produce is, is top notch and it wouldn't be able to be done by the average day person, which actually works towards your point of it's the artist. So we had a space with a lady named Tammy. I don't know her handle, but the, the, the images she produces with AI are far beyond anyone what they could do in this room. She's extremely good at it. She's taken the time to learn the skill, and she produces really phenomenal AI that it's a skill. It's a talent. It takes a lot of time to learn. So I definitely am definitely bearish on the quick crap that people produce. I mean, I, I'm not defending that. But if there was an AI artist who released a project in 2023 who was very thoughtful about both their art and their content... I definitely wouldn't um, put my nose up to it. But uh, Gen X, what's going on? Jen, let's hear it. I've been looking oh, forward to her hands up. <laughs> You're so fun. Um, sorry, thank you. Yeah, I wanted to speak to both MoneyGram and what you just said, um, Chris. I, I agree with both. I kind of straddle both, which is interesting because I'm Gen X. I came from an analog background, but I live in the digital world, you know. So we we didn't grow up with all of this stuff. So we appreciate, you know, the old iron kettle that, you know, is good to hand me down for generations because things were made better in the olden days. If you really think about it, shit was made to last. Now shit is made to break. And so when you think about um, going forward in the future, you know, my collection, we have, we have an artist, we hired her. She's doing everything by hand. She's amazing. Certainly not AI. She's put a year's worth of work into it. It's really exciting, but I do still appreciate the fact that to be an artist in any, so, you know, I feel like, okay, I'm going to reset. I feel like digital artists were shit on by traditional artists when NFTs started coming out. And now I wonder if AI artists were going to be shit on <laughs> by digital and traditional artists, but I feel like everything is evolving. Like I can't draw a snowman. I would love to be able to actually produce some actual art. My mom was an artist. I always looked at her in awe of how she did oil paints and all this sculpture and all this beautiful things. 
And again, I feel like it's a matter of taste. Like you were saying, you know, you can, um, I certainly don't think I'll go out and try and sell AI art that I make, you know, I'll leave that to the actual pros who are doing it for a living. Cause I want to support them. But if I want to make like, you know, um, a cool piece for myself, I will, I was even farting around on Facetune and I AI enhanced my face. And that was kind of scary and weird because it made me look like I was 15 years old again. But like, I'm not going to send that out to people <laughs> because it's not who I am. Anyway, I just wanted to. Yeah, it's funny. I, I feel like this is such a new space. It's really evolving really quickly. It's just fun to kind of grab on and, and, and see where it takes us. But I, you have to see all aspects for sure, because you certainly you know, I definitely believe in art art and artists and paying them what they're worth and making sure that they get the credit for all the work that they do and whether whatever medium that may be in you know and 2000 years ago they had you know a chisel and marble that was their only you know medium things change every day so okay i'll shut up now but yeah this is an awesome space i'll, I'll listen for a while thank you i gotta ask uh moneygram is it really moneygram or is it a, sh a shit coin called gram um a little bit of both, actually, to be honest. It's not about a shit coin, though. It's about a public company stock. Um, but we won't go there. But it's oh, yes. like MoneyGram's public stock. Is that the symbol for money? The ticker's Gram? actually the ticker's actually uh, dollar. It's actually Gram F. It's a marijuana company, but it's got an F for foreign because it's in Canada. But yeah, that's what the name actually is from. But yeah, it serves a lot of purposes. And lastly, is that a digital version of you and your PFP, or is that like a project? No, it's an NFT project that I'm the number one collector in. Um, I just collect things that matter, that's all. And I like to give liquidity. So, What's the project called? Southern Grandmas? That looks Close. cool. I like it. Close, yeah. It's called Ghetto Granny Club. Um, oh, shit. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. All uh, right, I digress. Okay, so we've been going on here for an hour and 15 minutes. Um, I think we do have to wrap up relatively soon. Um, but, Flores, I do see your hand up. What's going on? Yeah, first I wanted to say I'm just like mind blown by that because Flea just asked him if that was a photo of himself. I would be I'd be very surprised is all I'm gonna say because I just looked at the profile picture. But anyways, I just want to say, uh, Gen X, thank you for speaking up here. This is a very cool conversation and you obviously have experience like in this in this world of like writing and all that stuff. So I think that's super cool because I am inexperienced. I just you know, I'm I'm just up here talking because I've used chat GBT for like a week. But um I think we've I've said this in the past too, like um using AI and we, we've been talking about this, like using it for inspiration and like not copying and pasting obviously. And like how, if you think AI is powerful, I, I definitely have said this in a past space, but like, if you think AI is powerful, imagine you plus AI, right? Like when you put your own twist on things, when AI can, I mean, Chris has talked about, you know, when AI can actually like look at the writing that you've made and write something up, pretty much like something that you would write, which is like mind blowing because I know we will eventually probably reach that. But, um, I just think at the end of the day, it makes you like adapt. I don't think this is something that is like, uh, really a downside because it's either you use it and, or you just get better with content right at the end of the day. So I said this, you know, people will probably eventually have like a radar for this type of thing and they will be able to tell when you just copy and paste certain types of content, obviously the more, the better you are at prompting, the harder it is to tell. But um, uh, again, I just think it makes you either get better or just leverage the tech to get better. So either way, I think it's a win-win. No, me and Flourish are gonna be fucking best friends, man. We're gonna—I'm obsessed with this fucking AI shit now. Like, we're gonna write the next best-selling fucking something, bro. It's so—it's I don't know—it's so fun. And that's just—I guess that's just one aspect of it too. Because I was asking it 
like shit on like, oh, how do I improve my note taking? And it like gave it rattled off like five different systems. Like it's just like almost like a super cool assistant, man. Something that like we've never really seen before. The way it like puts shit together. And it's been integrated everywhere. Like, um, obviously, I heard about ChatGPT, and it's been like all in the news, like everywhere, it's constantly. But then I open up my uh, graphics editor that I've been using for years. I mean, forever. It's called um, Pixar, and I open it up, and they're always doing little upgrades to it. But you know, what is it? Two weeks ago, I opened it up, and it's got AI integrated into it, and so now I can give it prompts to edit and things that I've already started to create and this and that. And so I, I definitely think it uh, adds that preparation to where it's like pre-AI, not that it wasn't here, but now it's like full-on, easily accessible because, you know, you could become the greatest writer or the greatest artist and then I'll just say, do me something Nancy Drew-inspired and it'll just totally rip off your, your whole yeah, flavor, you know what I mean? So I feel like uh, <laughs> every time Chris wants to jump in and say, oh, we've been uh, here for an hour and 15 trying to like, rug the space like we should just keep like throwing in monologues next thing you know well it's uh friday morning we've been going for 72 hours straight <laughs> listen all i'm trying to say out here is every single uh one of our spaces ends up in ai conversation so the appetite for it is obviously extremely strong and I, maybe there's not a lot of people talking about yeah it, but... that's it chris shift all the fucking focus of these spaces put them j chat uh gpt uh in the fucking headline and let's just take over, man. Everybody else is talking shit about these rugged NFTs and all these grifters, and we could actually move forward. I mean, you're probably on to something, but I maybe would limit it um, to not every episode because, I don't know, it's nice to diversify the, the content a little bit, but it seems to draw a crowd. People love the chat GDP stuff, but I am going to end this space, so if anyone has kind of wait, last wait, words, Wait, 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 don't end it yet. Hold on, Chris. I think... Uh, Every space that you have, I'm gonna have. I'm gonna come in with one of my fucking outlandish five-minute screenplay ideas from Jet Chat GPT about some fucking blind guy the mafia wants to throw in the oven. I think that was a hit, man. I, I should just keep editing that one and just work it out. Well, it's the only way to get the audience started, so we're definitely gonna need it because that's actually when people started coming in. So I definitely appreciate Bro, your stories. If you got a Chat GPT co-host, you would never have to close this fucking space, dude. That was my, I, I was thinking about that. I was like, damn, imagine like just hosting with like, you know, you have a, a burner account and it's just like, you just read off the responses from the, from the AI. That would be pretty cool, but it would be tough because I think you'd have to actually pay another person or have somebody that's willing to just waste a bunch of their time to help you grow your account, fucking pretending to be like your co-host using chat GPT. I don't know. I think you guys should team up and start a Spaces. I think that would be a good one. Dollar Game and Flea on the scene. So you'd love to see that. But anyway, I am going to put our outro music on here. Turn on notifications. Hold on, hold on. Chris, no. Chris, okay, okay. Hold one on. last. This is the Flourish. very final thing. Flourish had one last thing to say. Flourish, what was it? Go ahead, man. Oh, I didn't know. My bad. If it was him, I would have let him go. I literally do not have anything to say. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. It was Ivy. It was Ivy. Ivy, what were you going to say? Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, I had, I had a lot of last things to say. No, nah, no, nah, I'm just kidding. Chris, do your thing. Get, get, get us out of here. Get us out of here. Anyway, fellas, turn on notifications for our hosts for Spaces. If you do like this content, we do. We try to do it every single day. Anyway, we're out of here. Hope you enjoyed this. Hold on, Chris. Chris, wait. Chris, one last thing. I think, uh, I think Gen X had something to say. Jen, what do you have to say? This is why we love Flea. Have a good day,
10x rules. Yeah, I love that American Eagle music. Shopping for the jeans, five. Oh my god. 